0: Do you sometimes feel like your business is taking over your life and you've got that I'm so busy refrain just going round and round and round in your head and you need some peace to sort it? Well, then this podcast is for you. My name is Rachel Claver, and I'm your host of Muppet Marketing and today I'm joined by Sarah Greener who is someone I have known for ages. She is a ray of freaking sunshine and she is also a huge believer in having us making sure we get better. She doesn't like the word balance. Getting stuff right in our in our lives. She works mainly with women who are business owners, and also she says men who are comfortable in women's spaces, and learning how to be a business owner, but also getting in charge or control of what she calls the second shift, which is running a home, raising a family caring for others. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why it's just so important for us to make an I don't do this list, to start saying no instead of it's a big hell yeah, and why outsourcing somewhere in your life is going to have to happen at some point to get this all done. So if you're stuck on that treadmill of being busy, I want you to come and listen to this episode with the amazing Sarah Greener. Welcome, this is Mippet Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies, and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Welcome to Muppet Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Clava, and today I'm so excited to have with us Sarah Greener. She is an amazing business coach, focusing on women, although she does work with men too, I think. Is that right, Sarah? Yeah. And she really wants women in particular to reclaim their life back in their business and really find the time to do the things they love, which is what we're going to talk about because it's my bad there. All right. So before we start, Sarah, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do besides what I just said? (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah, so uh
1: I am based in the Bay of Islands in New Zealand, which is super cool, and I work with businesses here in New Zealand, in Australia, and in the States, mostly women, uh, but also I'm starting to find more and more couples, so wives come along and then they drag their husband business partners along to the to the community, and I've also got a couple of men as well, or well, a few men actually, that come along that are really comfortable in female spaces, because that's kind of the rule is that, you know, if you're not going to be comfortable talking women's stuff, then this is not the space for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one. I'm gonna. I'm just making a note of that one. I'm just gonna also say the same thing for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, we're gonna talk about menopause. We're gonna talk about periods. And we're gonna talk about like the fact that we carry more of the load at home. So that's a. Those are pretty common conversations in our world. And so I'm a business coach that's been in business since I was 25 years old. Um, I've pretty much made all the mistakes, so you don't have to make them. As kind of my my thing so uh, don't go and make the mistakes you don't have enough lifetime to make them all for yourself learn from someone else's Uh, and I'm super super passionate about getting women back their time and my journey for a long time was to work really hard to get success and so I was working 60 hours was a good week 100 hours was pretty off pretty common for me uh, and there was not much left of me and the things that really mattered to me. So my marriage was really struggling. My relationship with my child was struggling. And so um, I think that the way that we work in our businesses and then the way that we run the rest of our lives are really impactful to the impact we're going to have on the people that matter and our communities. So it's important to me that we thrive in that.
0: You came from a family of business owners.
1: <laughs> yeah, so accidental business owners there too, right? So mum and dad were farmers, and before that, dad was in the army and mum was a nurse. Uh, but at about 50, when I was about 15, my dad had a midlife crisis, so I guess he was about my age now, and went, uh, these people in Auckland, they're doing a crap job of selling my meat. I can do a better job. And so it, at his 40s, he started his first business.
0: I love that. I absolutely love that. I guess what I mean, like when I was asking that question, I wanted to ask, Do you feel that the modeling that you had around business ownership then was a healthy one with no shade on your parents or was it a, I don't have time to do this with my kids. I don't have this. Because I look back, my dad had really good boundaries around this stuff. But my mum, who really struggled with being a 1970s housewife who's got a big brain and wanted to do stuff, really wanted to go and investigate her own stuff and run her own things and enterprises and stuff like that. And struggle with that and that horrible kind of like hard parenting work stuff. And I think a lot of my original business parenting mix was mixed with the thing of going, I don't have time for that, because actually I was saying I need to feed my brain or something with the business and I couldn't find that balance.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really oh. interesting Yeah, I think it's a really <laughs> interesting one. So up until I was fifteen, we were on a big farm, so two and a half thousand acres in um Pew Pew and um so we had very present parents while we were like, because fa- you are just there doing everything. And so we were just in that world where we worked with mum and dad. Like that was just yeah. the done thing on the farm. I went to boarding school at 10 because they were sick of, sick of being taxis for four daughters doing all sorts of things. Um, And so it would be really interesting to ask those questions of my sisters because I think they experienced it differently. I had very present parents. I don't remember anything being missed. They were on every school camp. They did all those things. But, man, they busted their ass in business as well. Mm -hmm. So um, they certainly ran this this story that hard work got you results. Yes, Um,
0: yeah.
1: I think they – certainly Dad had very good boundaries around when he was going to rest and when he was going to have a break. Mum, not so much, probably. Mum was very much, she would do all the business and she was still doing all the the wifely mother stuff, uh, which my dad does none of. So um, probably not so much for her. She's probably exhausted.
0: And let's be honest, like you, I didn't plan to talk about this and I actually just remembered, but I think she worked with your mum, like worked on a strategy with your mum. She is like still freaking going. Yeah, they've like built another business during COVID. Yeah, built another
1: business during COVID um doing really well with it um learning a whole lot of new stuff so stuff that mum used to be like oh my girls will do that for me um Sarah's reset some boundaries around that stuff so now mum has to learn how to do it and she's pretty, I'm doing amazing like yeah. every now and then she puts a post up it's like oh mum fancy
0: you're doing really well no because I my mum when she retired from teaching the first thing she asked me to do was make her a business card because she was like I'm in my next stage of business life or my next stage of working life and I think When you've got those mums who've modelled that working side, there is a little bit, are you the oldest? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the oldest. I feel like we wanted to be more than that. Almost like there was this drive to go, we can do more than that. Mm, I think there's an
1: element of that I also think there was a whole lot of stuff that I wasn't going to do right so I wasn't going to yeah. pack my husband's bag and we went away I wasn't going to cook and clean because that's what my mum did I was like I'm not doing that stuff I am strategically incompetent at all of that stuff and my husband knows it
0: <laughs> okay so I really love that because my first marriage I was in a very strong fundamentalist churchy relationship marriage and I was doing all of that And I remember coming home from Taiwan with my husband at the time, and I was making his lunch. My mother walked in and went, what the hell are you doing? And I said, I'm making his lunch. And she said, I never want to see you do that in my kitchen again. And I, it was like a light that went on. I went, what the hell am I doing? Why am I serving this person? I am the one earning and I'm also running around serving this person and doing everything for them, that was pretty much the end of the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mum. Thanks, And I'm mom. like that now because you're right. Like, I love earning money so that other people can do the stuff I don't want to do.
1: Yeah, and I also think, and even if I don't earn money, like after the 40-hour shift has happened during the day when we're both home in the evening, like, this is a shared shift. Mm. This is not sit and put your feet up because you're the bloke and I'm going to run around and do all the other work. And that's just the like the, the seeing of the physical work. I think the thing that really gets missed is the cognitive load. And I also think oh, we drag yeah. that into the way we run business.
0: I find the cognitive load thing hard. Like, Rod and I were talking about this because what we have done is split and he's gone, I'm doing all the, paying the bills, because I'm terrible about that, paying my fines on the um, Northland, you know, the Northland thing, like yeah paying my fines for parking tickets that I forgot to get like so he does all the like that stuff and I do the other side with making sure the food is in the fridge and all those sort of things And of course there's some overlap and I was moaning in my head about the fact that I kind of run that side but then I realized yeah but we have split it like we have split it and we we're talking about how it's very hard to have two people owning that load of one particular task because then you go oh the other person's doing it it is tricky. Yeah. So I think the
1: thing is you have to go, here's the whole load. Here's the mm. cog here's the thinking and the management stuff that needs yeah. to do and here's the physical tasks. And mm. personally, and this is just a personal opinion, there's no there's no science behind this, is that you should own the cognitive and the physical task together. So there is yeah, yeah I can't do the meal planning and then expect Johnny to do the shopping. It makes it really difficult. Yeah, I I'm become insane. his man yeah. yeah, I become his manager, and that's yeah. not the relationship I want with my husband. Yeah. Uh, so, but I'm thinking about like, like where it's still at the age of birthday parties and play dates and da, 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 da. Like it's all those logistics of it's school holidays. Yeah. School holidays, we want to do this and we want to do that and we want to do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. And you keep all of that up here. You're not sharing that with anyone else.
0: And I didn't really realize this. I read a book by Dr. Libby Weaver and it talked about that invisible load or that cognitive load. And it was like this light went on and I went, this is why I'm so tired because no one can see it. And I've got better at talking about it and then going, hey, I'm really busy here, so you're going to have to carry that for a while because I can't do it. Or at the moment I've got two girls who are young adults who are looking at living independently and they've got autism, so there's some stuff going on around. And I'm like going, I need to find some solutions for them, which is a big job. And I'm saying to Rod, I have to pull back from these tasks we do, so I've got room to do that, so you're going to have to run that. And I wouldn't have done that five years ago.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think that's the thing is like that this cognitive load this I talk about it as a second shift. The second shift mm. shifts and changes, right? Like you're talking yeah. about your kids getting to eighteen and moving out. Like we're we're at age ten. I'm telling Scarlett at eighteen, she's moving out, and I also understand there'll be workload of that when she goes yes. to be eighteen and she. I do think into- there would be, but
0: there's so much
1: admin. <laughs> so funny it's like someone who was, I'm sure I was at the gym and someone was like no 15 to 25 way harder than yeah. younger
0: it is because like also like they ring you with big issues yeah, the like life. they ring you with things like you know my partner's really really ill and we're really stressed and we're not sure about this how do we go next This, this? I'm like oh this is a big thing to deal with yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's not your job to deal with it, right? Your job is just what? to coach and support right. and, and yeah. allow them to learn yeah. through it. And so I look back now at my own parents when I was going through those ages and stages, I think, lucky I left the country at some point, right?
0: <laughs> I know. We're, well, I think, you know, we talked about how we're moving house, and I said to Rob, well, we're still getting a four-bedroom house because the likelihood of one of them coming back at some point is very likely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, especially if they go on travel, right? There's always that yep. like transition period on the leaving and on the coming back.
0: Yeah. So so the cognitive load. So do you think that part of the problem with women in business in particular is they're essentially running two or three jobs. They've got their business, they've got their cognitive load for their family, and then they've got the cognitive load around just running a household. Yeah.
1: I think, I think there's that. I think there's the element that there is so much of it. I think there is the bad habit of running the cognitive load, of running the household and parenting all in your head. You don't build systems as a general rule. You don't download it. You don't ask or delegate other people to help. And so you drag all those habits into your business and then operate your business in exactly the same way. And so you become mum at work.
0: Now, this is great because, um, as Monica would say on this Bird, ding, 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 Because I wrote a book about farming women in New Zealand. And one of the things that we came up and found when I interviewed people were how many women had taken over a farm that had nothing documented because the farmer had run everything in their head. And and when you look at a business, the documentation of making sure that everything is happening. So if you step back or have to go, it's still happening is the key. 100%.
1: So... Like, when I run events for my woman and they're getting text messages like, we're out of toilet paper from teenage kids, I'm like, "Uh, no, that's like learned helplessness at home. And I can almost guarantee if someone's got learned helplessness at home where mum is the font of all knowledge and she, like, nobody else has to think, they just do what mum tells them, then the same thing will be happening in their business. Where the boss is the font of all knowledge which is what I did and when we had the restaurants you know go and ask Sarah, Sarah will know and, and yeah, it's exhausting, that's overwhelm
0: right there. I actually had a team, Um, I instig- inter- inter- instig- instigated the seek three before me which is a teaching thing which is to find three other ways of finding out the information before you come to me.
1: Yeah that's great, that's great <laughs> like and I oh, I've got all sorts of boundaries around it. So mm. interrupting time was a big one for me. was like, mm. I'm gonna have a specific interrupting time after lunch where if you've got a question for Sarah, that's when you can come. Like I totally I it was that whole um the open door thing. Like I'm an open door boss and I'm like, I'm actually not, because you just constantly interrupt me and I get nothing done. Um so yes, you're welcome to come with me with any of these problems, but it's only open at these hours. <laughs>
0: Can I, can I bring that up? Because this is an interesting thing. One of the things that one of my clients mentioned a few weeks ago is she really likes my boundaries. And I feel like I'm a bitch with my boundaries now because I'm really fussy around, hey, look, these are the days I'm available for you to talk to me. These are not. These are my days where I'm not available to anyone and all those sort of things. And as an old people pleaser, I have really struggled with putting those in place, but now I'm seeing the benefits of them. Mm. But it felt very unpleasant and bitchy and horrible to put them in place initially. Yeah. And I think it is hard when you've come from a place of poor boundaries to put them in. It is hard.
1: But tell me something in life that's good that comes without hard. Yeah. Like, I, you know, and, and it's, it's simple to do, but it's hard. Yeah. Like, Did you
0: like doing it when you first started doing
1: it? I don't like doing it.
0: Do you find it easy? Did you slide back? Oh, absolutely! I still have to,
1: I still battle yeah. with the yes woman inside me.
0: Do you have to like tell yourself to calm the yes woman down? Totally. Like I get excited about stuff. and I'm like, oh, oh I could do that
1: now. Look how, because my life's really beautiful and spacious. I'm like, oh, I've got space. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: Yeah I I really relate to that.
1: <laughs> yeah so there was a couple of things. I felt really empowered by my ability to say no and I had to learn some scripts for how to say no in a way that felt very aligned for me and I got a lot of pushback from my no's when I started. A huge amount. So I talk a lot about I had a year of no. I heard Tim Ferriss talk about hell yeah or no on a podcast. And I went, oh my God, that's me. I'm saying yes when it's a no because I haven't ascertained what's a hell year for me. And so, so I decided I was gonna have a year of no and I said no to everything. And like in the first week, the pushback was phenomenal. I hadn't recognized just how entitled my team, my wider community, my family felt to my time, my focus, my energy and my money. And so I got lots of pushback. And I still think there's people in the community that are cross about it now. And, and I just had to be okay with that.
0: Cause I do think that there are people who will not like it, who like the broken, I'm going to call it broken, pushover (laughs) person, you know, i am like, just go and see Sarah or go see Rachel, whoever it is and go, they're going to do it for us or they'll fix it for us. And they don't like that being taken away
1: like we've trained them yeah that they, it was our fault yeah it was absolutely my fault I was like I trained them that I was totally accessible to them I'd help them with their businesses I'd help them with anything in the community um, I couldn't walk down the street without being, someone coming up to me and going oh this should be fixed Sarah like
0: <laughs> and it makes you feel so good when someone's de- I think the thing is is that I had to really learn that part of my drive to do it was ego oh so much of it was ego because i wanted to feel like i was important or useful or i saw value in other people seeing value in that but they weren't valuing it because they weren't valuing my time energy or money
1: there absolutely is that ego oh, people want me people like me they think i'm great they come and ask me for their help absolutely there's an ego place there um yeah so much of that <laughs> also I loved what I did in the community I really did enjoy it and I still look at the things we achieved as community groups over that time when I was involved and I go freaking that was epic and very cool and I shouldn't have done as much as I did because it was at the demise of my marriage and my relationship of yeah. I shouldn't say the demise because I still married to No, it. no, you
0: still <laughs> married to everyone, but but it's more like it put like a it put tension and and like a separateness that didn't have to be there because you weren't physically there all the time. Exactly.
1: And I look back and like this. Uh, we've got some young friends having a baby at the moment. And I'm like, man, like the only thing I did with Scarlett when she was a baby that I actually enjoyed was taking her to swimming lessons. Everything else felt like a chore because it was just somewhere I had to be at a time when I didn't want to be there. Um I was, you know, Scarlett's 10 now. So it's a decade ago, I was breastfeeding Scarlett in places where we were allowed to breastfeed, like all of that stuff. And I just yeah. really didn't connect with my child at that age. Because it just felt like another thing I had to do the right way for someone. And now I don't feel like that at all. Now, you know, we have super cool relationship with Scarlett now because I'm not conforming to all of those expectations.
0: And I will tell you, as someone who's got young adults and a 17-year-old, it's so awesome having a great relationship with your children now, like at 10, because sets the foundation for that relationship as young adults. And I freaking love having it. Like, I... I can't believe how amazing it is to be a parent of teens and young adults. Like, despite the occasional emergency call or whatever, I, there's just something so awesome about it. Yeah, I think that's really, I heard someone say,
1: oh, well, enjoy it, because she'll be 13 soon. And I'm like, no, we're not raising one of those.
0: No, we didn't have them. Yeah, and I- oh, well, a and... little bit. <laughs> little bit of it but it disappears quite fast because as soon as they do the first eye roll you're like you stop that eye roll young lady and then oh, it's
1: I, fine her mother eye rolls so I don't think I'm going to be able to call that
0: on <laughs> <Ellen> Scarlett <laughs> <laughs> so, look, if you want to eye roll I'll eye roll
1: you off I'll do it better than you can <laughs> and and so I love you saying that because this is what I'm saying to people all the time what do you want this to look like 10 years from now uh, what do I want my relationship with Scarlett to look like when she's twenty and I'm fifty? What do I want that to look like? I want it to look like you're talking about, like there's great mm-hmm. friendship that they they yes. feel totally yeah. confident to come and talk to you about anything and everything, and yeah, there's this. I don't know. I just I I have and a that, few friends that I look at and I go I like that, and I'm always yeah. like, what did you do when you were when they were ten? What did you do when you? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think too, just around that, because I often see people who are stuck in that kind of two to five or two to eight-year-old age and they're like, oh, it does take time to do those things. And I definitely didn't do things right. I definitely was someone who often did exactly what you said before, where I'd be like, you know, you said about, you know, if if Scarlett says, you know, can I play with me and you say, oh, and I'm too busy, you're making a physical choice Mm. to actually choose your time for something else and giving her the message that your time is more important on the thing you're doing than her. I would tell you that would have been probably 85% of my time when the girls were really little. I was a single mom and I had this weird idea that I had to work all the time and I didn't. And I had really poor boundaries. I was known as the person who could fix everything. So editors would ring me at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning and go, something fell through, can you do it? And I'd be like, cool, change all my plans, done. And I was just stuck in it, so I definitely was that. And I used to actually look down on, I'm so ashamed of this, I used to look down on the business owners that I worked with who went, I'm not working holidays, I'm not working after three, I'm not doing this, because I'd be like, get yourself a real business. And now I look at it and go, oh, damn, they were bloody right. You know, like. (laughs) I love that. So I was
1: the same. Like, I can't, up until Scarlett was five, I didn't make present quality time for her and what she wanted from her mother and we had that real like moment magical moment of you know mum you should be home not at work uh when she was five and I was like oh god she's five and wiser and she was right and then I had someone else say to me you get 18 summers with your kids and I was like 18 I've wasted the first five um and so I don't I still am not a want (laughs) to am not. yeah yeah, we are still about the quality like uh you know when I have time with her we're doing something deliberately together and we're present with it rather than I was half assing it all the time before I'd be like on the phone and sending an email and trying to do something with Scarlett which really just like I'm not doing any of those three jobs very well so yeah I hear you I'm just pleased I got that message earlier than I
0: yeah I I think that some people are quantity parents and others are quality. And it just comes down to to some, also how we see our whole life. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I really have learned I need to have my own time as well by myself or going for my run or, sorry, run, sorry, zero, or like <laughs> crossfit. Like, like those things are also really important parts of our life that we have to fit in as well. And so it's more about making conscious choices of your time. Yeah, absolutely it has been. And I think it's also
1: about teaching our children that they need to set boundaries in their lives and they need to know what supports them to be the most vibrant expression of themselves. Like Scarlett spent, I don't know, 12 months coming and sitting at the CrossFit gym during school holidays so I could go to CrossFit. Whereas Sarah five years ago, would like, oh no, that's a terrible thing to do as a mother. Now I was just like, you know what? Like this is important to me and you know, you're not big enough to stay at home yet. So off oh, you come, bring a book, bring a colouring, you know. But now gonna... she's
0: doing it with you. Now
1: she does it with us. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the coach was like, Would you like to do it? And Scarlett's was like, Yes. I was like,
0: So when I was a when I was a single parent and I had like these three young girls, I was given a boot camp membership as part of something I was doing. And It was at 6am, three times a week at Auckland Domain. I would have to get the girls up at 4.30 in the morning. I would make them breakfast and like hot chocolate thermos. They'd come and sit in the parked car in the Domain. They still talk about how much they love that.
1: Isn't it funny what they love? Yeah, so Scarlett, like this morning, we did this terrible workout that involved a lot of running. And and she's like her mother. That's revolting. it's <laughs> revolting. She's like her mother. She's not like running. And she freaking did it. And I look at that and I go, she's surrounded by supportive people that celebrate where she's at she's doing something that's hard and she's doing it anyway Mm -hmm. um and then she comes back here and she's like full of so much energy I'm like you need to run faster next time like there's way too much energy coming out of you after that workout but like I think about the role modeling of your environment matters the humans you hang out with matters like we're now doing that whereas when she was little I didn't even think about any of that because I wasn't being conscious or deliberate about how I was putting my time focus and energy or how she was spending her time, focus, and energy—both of which are really important.
0: So let's just talk about that time, focus, energy, because the reason I got you on the podcast was I posted a post that said, "You always have the money for the things you value," mm. which is very true. Yes, because I know that I'm spending a lot more money on clothes than I could on other things, but I value those clothes. <laughs>
1: I say I like. I was—we were talking about your earrings before, and I was like.
0: I'm coveting on your flower. I know. I, and I was like, there does one person the shop that sells like one's like my big crochet, um, crochet ones. And I was like, I think I might need to go and get another pair of those. I get a lot of comments about them. Um, but I covet that. I covet now my time or I, in terms of time, I remember saying, I can't find the time for exercise in the morning. And now I wouldn't be able to not find it at time. So it's the same thing. I now know that that time is really important to me and I found the time.
1: Absolutely. And so I say the same thing. When you say I'm too busy or I don't have the time for that, all you're saying to that person or that activity or that thing, whether it be at home or in business, is you're just not that important to me right now. Mm -hmm. And that to me was a real punch in the gut because that's what I was saying to my husband and Scarlett Mm -hmm. over and over again. And then I was like, oh, God, I'm doing this in my business too. I'm going, I don't have time to do this really important strategic piece or marketing piece or HR piece because I'm busy doing emails or sitting in meetings or whatever. And so I'm not doing the consistent work in the areas that actually move the needles in my business. Like,
0: yes. Come on, like this. I love this so much. And actually, it's really time- timely for me because – We've got a bunch of things that I really want to do that take a full day for me to really get deep into. And so we've just changed my structure so that I'm actually out of the office once a fortnight to do a full day. Because I've already got a pretty ch- pretty pretty chill at the moment. I have Fridays for podcast days, I have Mondays for admin things, and then I have a full content creation and coaching day on Friday and Tuesday. And then I have two placing days. So I already got it pretty cruising compared to most business owners. Yeah. But I need more time to work on my business.
1: <laughs> yeah. and I need it. Yeah. And I think that's what's really interesting is that once you start finding it, <laughs> you're like, oh, look at this. There's more and more and more I could do here. And it's more and more moving the needles that I really have wanted to move yeah. for a long time. Because yeah. now instead of doing all the things, I'm like, actually, just these three things matter. We talk about critical success factors. What are the one, two, three things, that's all it is, in your role in your business that if you didn't do them or you did them really badly, your business would fail or do really poorly?
0: So that would also include if one of you or if you got hurt or injured or something happened to you what would be the critical success factor? Like, would that cause the the business to fall down?
1: Yeah, exactly. And so who's picking up those critical success factors? So, and I'm going to guess that our business is similar, but let me double check. So my my critical success factors are be a great coach. So I need to be constantly upskilling and delivering great content and doing those things. You have to do a lot of learning. Yeah, lots (laughs) of learning. I need to lead my team. I need to coach and develop and support my team. And I need to build freaking awesome systems that allow my, that run my business that my team can then run for me. Yeah.
0: And those freaking awesome systems, I actually understand why people don't do it because it it does feel painful. Like I did a big new system for one of my team members at the beginning of the year because she was moving out of the office. So I wouldn't have day-to-day access with her. And so we had to create new systems and it feels painful when you create them. I can understand why people put it off. But once it's
1: done, holy shit. Yeah. So I, I remember a team member who was working for us back when we had the restaurant and she was about to leave. And I'd been harping on about systems since the day she showed up. In the last six weeks, I was like, you cannot leave with anything in your head. It has to be documented. And she spent the last six weeks documenting and she got about two weeks and she's like, oh my goodness, this makes everything so much easier. I was like, <laughs> excuse me, I bang my head against the brick wall. Yeah. And I think the reason we put off doing it is because there's quite often there's no system. Like people look at them and they go, well, there's no systems. Like, so that means everything has to be done. And so it's really overwhelming. And they just look at it and they're like, oh, it's a big mess. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you've got to stop. And then what happens is they get a new piece of technology. They get a new piece of software and they go, oh, I'm yeah. so excited. I'm going to go this and..." It's the system. It's not the system. It's not. It's the tool that will help you run the system. And you've got to stop and build the plan first. You wouldn't build a house without a a plan. Mm -hmm. Like if a builder comes and you said, no, I've done this lots, man. I'll just put down a concrete slab and I'll put up four walls and put a roof on top and some windows and it'll be good. You'd be like, no, no, show me some plans. Yet in your business, you've played with everything, messed it all up, and now you expect people to execute without a plan.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like I've got a, um, actually my name is Johnny. He's a coach in Nelson, but I remember giving him total shit a few years ago because I was doing quite a lot of video and I said, like, I really want to do video, you know, I haven't done it much, I'm not doing it. And then I went and visited him and he had this bag that he carried around everywhere that had like really expensive camera gear in it. And he'd owned it for like three years and he was carrying around it every year because it, it was like, that was his like shiny thing, but he wasn't actually doing the thing. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of those apps or shiny new materials are if you've got this is going to be the thing that fixes my business but it's not it's having the plan and then going do I need something to help me implement it and then going and finding the solution
1: yeah it's the same as new websites new branding new logos new fonts I'm like no like yes it will make it look prettier trust me no one is buying you because you picked that font and that color do I think ultimately you want to be consistent over time Yes, but you don't need to go and spend 10 dollars $30,000 on yeah. branding yeah. and a website. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure my coaching business made, turned over a million bucks before I got a website that someone yeah. else built. Like I had yeah, like a one-pager right. WordPress yeah. crappy thing.
0: You know, I mean like my website was beautifully designed. I often tell the story and then I was like, my messaging's not right. I haven't got a really clear idea of what I'm doing or who I'm serving. I went and fixed that. Did a bodge job on my website which broke my designer's heart and suddenly started getting sales and leads from it because actually the messaging was talking directly to my customer
1: and and that's that's the needle mover consistent yeah. good quality messaging that talks to the right person that articulates their problem better than they can articulate it and then shows them some simple solutions for it is actually what matters more than any of the rest of it, and yet we're so often sold into the fancy new camera and the fancy new mic and the fancy new all of that stuff. And both Rachel and I are talking to you from a, a setup now where we've got the fancy mics and we've yeah. got the lights, i have got all the things. But that's certainly not what either of us were doing. We started on this journey oh, seven no, eight no, years no. ago.
0: <laughs> and I think the, I think the key for me with this is that. If you sit down and start documenting what's in your head, you also have an opportunity to go, well, I'm doing this in a really convoluted way. Maybe I could simplify it because I've, I'm a local to this idea of what I'm doing and maybe I can make it a bit more straightforward.
1: Absolutely, because smart people are really good at making simple things complex.
0: Oh, very. Yeah, yeah you're like, I couldn't, it couldn't possibly be that easy.
1: It needs like 10 or 20 steps and it's like, it's got two. Just do the two.
0: <laughs> can I give an example of this? Because one of the things I did was with my person is she now does a lot of my marketing admin. And I originally set it up that I would send her one of my blogs once a week and I'd work ahead and I'd schedule them. And what happens is I would fall behind and we wouldn't notice until she got a week where there was no blog. And I went, hang on a minute. I could just put them all in a doc. And then you can physically see when you're getting to the end. And once there's two weeks out, you can just send me an email and say, Hey, Two weeks' time, I'll run out of blobs. And because I still want to write those, like I'm um, a control freak when it comes to my messaging. So I'm always going to stick with that bit. But she then takes that and does all this other stuff with it. But she now has that system, and I had made it more complicated. I was adding extra admin for myself. I was making polls, and actually, we could do the same thing, but simpler. Exactly. Like
1: and, and why would you do it the hard way when you can do it the easy way and I love that like I've got two blogs left write me some more
0: yeah so just and I tell them you know all my team I'm like I am your bitch for this stuff yeah. if I'm not delivering the bits that you need to make yourself functioning then we find a better system to alert me so got, I don't want to know the day before
1: yeah because I won't do it if you tell me the day I before I won't do it
0: and then I've disappointed myself actually and I've stopped you getting paid for something you should be doing so it's like lose-lose.
1: Yeah. So like you have to empower your team to be the boss of some stuff. Yes. Like Dolly Marie's my boss. She's like, Sarah, you haven't done your weekly content stuff yeah. for April. And I was like, I know. But I have set it up for May. Because <laughs> she loads it all and puts it where it needs to go in the fancy places. I just yeah, need to write it. So good, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I just need to write it. I just need to create the content. That's yeah,
0: me too. That's and, what I do. Yeah. yeah.
1: And she'll create the. she'll fix my. She'll fix my grammar and my English and all that sort of stuff too. Because I'm terrible at that stuff. Um. But you, I only have to do that bit, and so she's the boss. So she's allowed to tell me off. And when we yeah. first started, it took a while. She's like, um really struggle to say Sarah you haven't done this thing you're in trouble uh and now I've worked out that she's not very bossy over the camera like if we're talking on zoom like this uh but in the chat she's real bossy she's like Sarah I'm still waiting on your homework
0: (laughs) but it's so good for us and I do feel for me um people often say and I think they'd say the same of you you tell you know you say that you know that you should not be doing all this, but I can see you producing this content and you've got this capacity because I've been seeing you on like a lot of podcasts like this one and I, you know, you're doing all this stuff. Well, how do you do it? It's by having systems that help the capacity become bigger. Mm -hmm. Like since I changed my system at my podcast, by the end of today, I will have my four podcasts for next month all ready to go and sent to my podcast editor And all the content for the marketing will also be done because it just flows from that by someone else. One day a month now to do all that stuff for a month with a podcast where it used to take me every Friday to do that stuff.
1: Yeah, and then there's a whole lot of other magic in here, right? When Rachel says something awesome, we're like, grab that video snippet, take take the transcript of that, like use it somewhere else. And that's the same for me. I've just... find something that works for me. So podcast guesting works for me. We have a system for it of which 99% of it's done by Dolly. And I show up and do this 1%. I show up, put my face here, talk to you. And she does everything else in the background. And then when Rachel says, it's gone live, Sarah. I go, Dolly, it's gone live. And Dolly does all this stuff in the background. And then again, I just do the bits that that matter, like show up in terms of putting my face somewhere and,
0: and it's about using the best parts of you and allowing other people. And, and it's scary, I think, for people who are like, oh, I don't know if I can afford it. But I'm like, look, if it's saving me hours and it's allowing me to have all my energy focused on the things I want so that I have my evenings, my family with, and my weekends fully with my family, which is really important, then that's what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, I think we also... <laughs> This is a habit from being a small business owner, you nickel and dime it because there isn't anyone else to do it, to to give it to, and there's no money to pay to give it to someone else. And so you nickel and dime it. And so you're like, it's just cheaper if I do it myself. And it's just such a lie. It's such a lie because what what is your value for those highest value tasks? And there's kind of two values here. There's the value where I generate some cash for my business in terms of I'm building brand or I'm making a sale or I'm doing, you know, or I'm even coaching, which is generating income. And then there's also the high value stuff that's building those relationships that matter to you, those weekends with the family and things like that. Both of those in my world are like $10,000 an hour jobs. And like the money is, you know, if I'm not generating $1,000 an hour, I'm doing something wrong. So when you look at like that, you go, well, you can't afford not to outsource it. So I do this calculation quite often. I go, well, at your peak, even if we're just thinking, I'm charging my clients $200 an hour, or I can make $500 an hour of sales if I'm on the floor in the retail store, whatever that happens to look like. Now figure that out. Go, you're spending 20 hours doing this stuff that you can't afford to outsource. 20 times 200 bucks an hour. Give me a number, right? That's one week. Now times it by 52. That's how much you're losing every year to this admin stuff. And it's going to cost you. 25 bucks or 30 bucks an hour to outsource it to someone else
0: and I'm going to give a really good example from my own life for this because I'm pretty good at this but I'm currently doing a lead generation a new one and my graphic designer's just left I've just employed a new person who's not up to speed and so I'm not quite she's not quite ready just to do it so I was like I'll just do it literally I have been like every time I go to work on that thing I'm like Rachel this is not a good use of your time like you've written the content for this, but you have totally done it the wrong way. You went and did this. It could have been done here. And I'm still like, Dan, how am I still getting myself stuck into these little things where I didn't need to do this? I
1: started something on Canva the other day that I need for a keynote speaking thing that I'm doing next week and started it and got, i i don't know it's probably in there for 20 minutes and then i went you know what this is stupid and i just shared the link with dolly and went i've started this i've done a terrible job can you make it look like insert screenshot of what i want it to look like yeah literally 10 minutes later it comes back it's perfect it's branded it's exactly what i was like okay i just need to tweak this thing here you know and now i'm like and now can you create a uh, online version of that she's like done i'm like okay like you did that, and half the time it took me yeah. to get a not finished version of it. I was like, oh, I'm so wasting so much time still in my business. And you just have it's, to keep looking for it.
0: It's just remembering it. And it's the same with like, we know, I know you and I both feel the same way about, you know, outsourcing cleaning, outsourcing things. I have HelloFresh, which, oh my God, the mental load that that has removed from my life is that's the best part. It's not necessarily the food, it's more just. I don't have to think about it. Yeah, you just like pull
1: out. In our house, we use my food bag, they arrive. There's five nights. Each yes. night goes into a Tupperware container with yes. everything in it. It doesn't matter whether it's refrigerated or not, all goes in the freaking fridge. And so you just go and pull out, like, chicken first or fish first and then beef and then, like, you just open it and you just cook it. And, again, I don't do most of that. Johnny does most of that stuff. But, again, no mental load there. So good.
0: No mental load. And I think for me that has, like, those things were me going, I need to have something to ease the load. And it has just made all the difference because those are the only nights they cook. Rod cooks a night. We have a night that's like a foraging night. We go out for dinner once a night, once a week, and we have a takeaway once a week. So that's it.
1: I freaking love your foraging night. Is that how find whatever you can in the fridge in the pantry? Yes, you can pick yeah. and
0: choose. And actually, if we don't do it, all the kids if they're at home, but especially the 17 who's still there, get shitty. Because they love pick and choose because I won't cook pasta. So that's their pasta night. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> the, all that stuff. And I think that's the
1: thing is we forget that we're one person with one brain, oh, wow. one set of capacity. And so if you're using that all up, deciding what's for dinner and doing the planning and da 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 You've just used that up. There is no more creative juice or energy or focus or strategic thinking or great decision-making power to use in your business. So Mm -hmm. you'll still make decisions. You'll just make easy ones that aren't always the best ones. You'll do the work that keeps you busy, that doesn't actually get you a result, like all that sort of stuff. And I think we forget how much what happens at home impacts in our business. And yet, when you look at the stats, it's very clear that there is a line that says women owned businesses earn less than male owned businesses. And I'm going to say that I believe it's because we're still doing 70% of that load
0: up. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. So, 12,
1: 12% of us will own only 12% of our women owned business will ever make more than $100,000 in revenue in our businesses. And only 1.7% of us will ever make more than a million US dollars in our business.
0: Those are great stats. They're terrible stats. I hate yeah, them. But they're like You've got to change silly, them. Like, I actually found <laughs> a great stat. I know we're, we're near the end and I, I want to make sure you get tell everyone how to find you, but I heard a great stat that made me feel great today. Apparently, only 1% of podcasts get past 97 episodes. Wow. And I'm over 100 now. So I was like, uh, I'm in the top 1%. <laughs>
1: Congratulations. That's so awesome. Yeah. So I just, you have to think about that correlation between those things 70% of the cognitive load. Yeah. 12% I of us agree. making more than 100,000. So let's drop this stuff at home, mm. make more money, spread the wealth around, pay some other people to help us out, and get on with it.
0: So I want to, I, I know we're near the end and I, knew, I know your day. So you'll have like, I need to get to my next little bit of You're thing right. what I'm doing. but some space today. You're all good. Okay, cool. You knew we'd over talk from <laughs> the beginning before we started to record. But um, two things. The first one is if someone's listening to this and going, okay, all well and good, Sarah. But I'm in total overload. I just feel like asking someone to do something is just too much. I don't think that I feel like I can do that because it feels like I'm kind of cheating. What's the first thing you normally recommend someone to to outsource once they've kind of walked through that process of I can do it? What would you normally suggest? Is there a a general thing or is it different?
1: No, it's very personalised because it depends. It depends on what load you've got. So sometimes people go, "Well, actually, the food's not a problem. My husband cooks every night." I'm like, "Awesome!" So we're not going to outsource that because that's actually not your load. Um, But you know, you're like, "Oh, but I spend four hours a week doing laundry." I'm like, "Cool." There is this awesome service you can do. Yes, we do it. We do it. Did you know they did two free weeks to start? There's a new one that started, and they got caught. I like saw them on my Instagram feed and went, "Ooh, that looks good." I'll send you the link um that was like that was like would you like two free weeks of laundry we'll pick it up we'll take it away we'll wash it we'll iron it we'll bring it back and I was like yes please and I was like better
0: than our system which is dropping it off and picking it up
1: yeah I was like yes please I'd like that and then I was like it's not going to be in pie here (laughs) and it's not but it is in Auckland and it's a subscription service
0: and they offer you two weeks free to test it out I can test it out but so like I do agree with you it has to be that's good advice that it will depend and the other thing is for those that are in overload They may not be at the outsourcing stage yet. So how do they get to the place? Obviously, they can come and work with you. But how do they get to the place where they can even think about outsourcing? Like, what's the headspace first step? Stop.
1: You've got to stop for a moment. Yeah. And spend some time getting all of this stuff out of your head and down on paper. The very first thing I will do with someone who's feeling overwhelmed about anything is say, take a pen and paper. Let's write it all down. Because it's bigger and heavier and more expensive in your brain than it is down on paper. And once you've got it down on paper, then we can kind of look at it and go, okay, what if this stuff actually needs to happen or someone's gonna die? Generally, there's nothing on the list that's gonna ha- needs to happen or someone's gonna die. That's my first thing. I'm like, cool. So if we stop doing any of this stuff other than maybe feeding your family, no one will die. And they won't die super fast either. If we just don't feed them today, they'll no, be all
0: right. They'll ages. <laughs> it ages. We'll <laughs> they'll
1: take months. <laughs> we've got time right yeah. you know you need to give them water but food they'll be okay about that and so we do that first And then I go cool so what are some things here you can actually just stop doing that you're probably doing because someone else told you you should do it because there's a societal expectation you should do it or some freaking guru sorry guys probably a man somewhere online
0: it be the 5am risers who say that you should meditate for an hour before you do anything else all of that stuff yeah. right like
1: just stop doing it. Just delete some stuff to get back to a place where you can actually take a breath and go, what can I do? Rather than trying to, oh God, the expectations that are on women, particularly women that are wives and mothers, as well as running business. Like it's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. It is. It really is.
1: Uh, who posted? Um, Oh, Natalie. Um, yeah. Kuhn. She's like, great. Right her post the other day on LinkedIn just nailed it. Like,
0: Oh, was it the one where she was tired and she was like looking at her half unpacked stuff? I know, I was like, because she does often get her, she has helped, help, you know, with her VA. And she, when I read it, I went, this is 100% written this morning. She's tired and she's like, I have to get this off my chest. And I never felt so seen by that that post. Yeah, and I think
1: what's really important about it is we need to talk more about what we don't do. Yeah. Every time I read this, it was years ago now, This uh, my I don't list.
0: Yes, you, you've got a great, and you do an I don't list. And I've seen it on ads, and people get shitty with you. Oh, my God. What do you mean you don't pick up your children from school? Yeah. I Like, I get hate because I say, these are the
1: things I don't do. Well, mm. I, I'm... Totally advocating, ladies, that we need to say more about what we don't do. We spend so much time online going, look at me, I worked out this morning. Look at me, I fed my children. Look at me, I did this. What if we just stopped doing that and we started saying, here's all the things I don't do. Like, you can see the stuff that I am doing. Here's the list of stuff that is not happening in my life right now because I am not superwoman. And I do not advocate for superwoman. I do not advocate that you should do it all. I advocate that you should stop Stop, stop, stop doing lots of the things and just do the things that are good for you. Because, God, that list is long.
0: Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna do one of these because actually people often ask why I can do so much content creation. I make TikToks, but I don't do the dishes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. so I have more time. <laughs> yeah, like... I can hear my husband now just opening the the washing machine. I'm like, I can do
0: Uh, this. I don't do laundry as well. Yeah, I can do a podcast
1: episode with Rachel because Johnny's doing the laundry and then he's probably going to ask Scarlett to hang it out, right? I don't do everything and that's okay. I don't do everything because I'm lazy. I don't do everything because it's just not physically possible.
0: Mm. And also because like there's stuff that we have to do as adults But there's two adults, if if you're in a partnership, there's two adults in the house, plus you have children who need to become great adults. So there's all these other hands that can share the load. Yeah, and, and
1: give them credit and trust them like so many of the problems are because we don't trust that they will do it the same way as we do like I see lots of people go my husband won't do the dishwasher and I'm like awesome so did he do the dishwasher and then the one time he did it you said it's not like that and you repacked it or it's not how you bath the child it's not how you feed. like stop criticizing let them do it and then praise them for freaking doing it.
0: Well, that is actually how I got off the dishes because I've got with two autistic kids, they have a way of doing the dishwasher and I don't do it right. So I went either you accept my way or you do it yourself and now they won't let me near it. Yeah, and that's and
1: that's totally okay, right? I call that strategic and confidence.
0: Me too. I'm like, I'm fine. It's yeah. Like a system for where the knives need to be and it's gotta be a certain number. Oh, who knows? Yeah. This has been really amazing. I've got some really amazing notes that I think are gonna be really powerful. And I really love this because I want people to feel empowered. And we, we did shift a little bit off. I was gonna talk about like that time that we can choose, but this has been a more important topic for me. Because I think that for small business owners, understanding that our time is being filled up with a whole lot of stuff that we are doing as shoulds, so we can't do the coulds. Yeah, and we've got to figure out
1: that the expansiveness of the coulds is really useful. So like there's all these things you could do and then you need to come back and go, what actually moves the needle? Like, One of the biggest questions I'm asking my clients all the time is, where do your customers actually come from? They're like, oh, I want to do this new strategy. I want to do this. I want, and I'm totally guilty of this as well. Like recently, we went, oh, really got to do something with my LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, fundamentally, that's not where my people come from.
0: They come from Facebook, right?
1: They come from Facebook and Instagram, or they see me on something like this. Yeah. So I should spend more time on those needle movers than on trying to figure out how to hang out on LinkedIn. Plus, I'm, I'm not su- super loving the um the vibe like culture the vibe the vibe yeah. at LinkedIn the
0: vibe to <laughs> yeah
1: there's a whole lot of things there that I'm like oh it's not me um and so what, what moves what actually moves the needle for you because generally what's moved the needle like if most of your thing is word of mouth then mm-hmm. do you have a referral system like put something in that's aligned around what actually works for you already yeah. you don't need a new thing
0: because I I want to I want to before we get you to tell everyone how to find you because I keep on teasing that and uh, (laughs) Rachel but this is what I tell my coaching clients I'll say to them because they come for me for content coaching and I'll say literally if you don't have a really engaging call to action on your website with your messaging you don't have good lead generation and you're not feeding the community who already have your emails you're not sending them emails I don't care if you don't Work on your social media for the next few months if that time is taken to do that. And they're like, what the hell? I thought I was coming to learn how to do social media or do TikTok and video, but I'm like, the move, the needle is what I care about. It's exactly the same because that's the undercurrent. No one can see it. So If I'm short for time, I will skip LinkedIn and I'll skip TikTok and I'll skip Instagram, but I'll invest more of that time of that week to send my emails out to my list because that community chose to... Get my, to, to trust me enough with the email. Yeah, Move the needle. Yeah, that's 100%. And it's the same with
1: like, I don't know, with team members, you know? Yes. What's going to move the needle with your team member isn't a collective group meeting where everyone sits around and you generally remind everyone of what the rules are around here. Yeah. What's going to move the needle is a five minute conversation with one person. That's yes. the person that's being late or the person yes. that's speaking incorrectly to people or whatever. That will move the needle. Five minutes, not an hour, and probably goes into two hours with everyone.
0: So let's ask everyone this week, what we want them to do, I think, is ask every time they go to do something, is this moving a needle in my business? Is this moving the right needle in my business? Absolutely. Is this taking me where I want to go? I love that so much. I love it. Okay, right, how do people find you if they want to work with you? You do group coaching and one-on-one?
1: Mostly uh, group programs. Yeah, so uh, I used to do a lot of one-to-ones, but, you know, it taps out at that point. So you do get one-to-one access to me, but mostly in a group program. So um, actually set you up a special website page. Ah! Oh, I know, just to make it super easy. So if any of the stuff that Rachel and I have been talking about today resonates with you, and you really are thinking, God, oh, Sarah, that's me, that's me, uh, then I've put a little page together that's specially for Rachel's people. Mm-hmm. So if you head over there to Greener.com Backslash map it. Oh,
0: that's
1: so cool. There. So you don't have to listen to me rattle off a whole lot of Instagram and Facebook stuff. And you can just go there and click on all my links and you'll find all the things. So there's some free resources there that I think will be useful. And if you're like, actually, I just want to find out what you do, then um, book a freedom game plan. We'll have a virtual coffee and we'll talk about how we could potentially work together if I can help you.
0: I just added something to my bloody move the needle thing. I want to do one of these page things every time I'm on a podcast. Damn you, Sarah (laughs) Greener. so good it's part of my system
1: dolly builds it not sarah i
0: know i freaking love it i think it's the coolest thing okay i'm in love with it i have a i have a girl crush right now okay um this was amazing thank you so much for being on the show and um i love the move the needle
1: awesome thank you so much for having me it's always a lot of fun
0: have to say, it was pretty hard to get off this podcast today because Sarah and I just wanted to keep on talking and talking. Next time, we'll probably have to book in a couple of hours just for us to catch up. But I don't know about you, but I found this a really powerful podcast to listen to and learn from. And I hope that for you, it's made you think about where you can shift the needle. Now, if shifting the needle for you is about you getting in control of your content marketing strategy... (laughs) Me will never take a chance. I will always take a chance to give this a plug. Then come along to one of my free events around New Zealand this year, 2023. I've got them all over New Zealand. Just go to Eventbrite and look up Identify Marketing and you'll see the content marketing strategy workshops I'm running, or you can get them in the show notes. I would love to see you there. And if you'd love to talk about what's happening today, obviously go and have a look at Sarah's page and see what she's offering, but also come and be part of the Mappet group on Facebook and ask questions and get support from there. I would love for you to shift the needle somewhere in your business. So this week, maybe, take some time, get some pens, get some paper, and start to write down the stuff that's going on in your head. Who knows where it will take you? If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you loved this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.